You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Heart and Soul Podcast. I am joined today by Laura Banky, who is the founder of the Life Actually Company. Um, she is all about smashing expectations and setting up your own path for life and just really appreciating where you're at as a woman, as a female, um, and not comparing your journey to others. So I figured I knew she would be the perfect guest to come on and just shamelessly share her story about (laughs) her journey and how it's okay if it's different than what you see on Instagram. (laughs) So welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Catherine. It's so great to be here. And, and yeah, I can't, I can't wait for this conversation. Uh, it's funny. I always was so afraid to tell my story for so long because it didn't fit in with what everyone else's looked like. And now you can't shut me up. Now all I want to do is talk about it. (laughs) And that's like, so our, my like slogan for life is shameless living. And that really is like, once we start telling our stories, we see the power that they have, like the more so like the people who are like, Oh, like they can take a deep breath and they're like, you know, like we, that's when we see it is when we do open up about like where we actually are, we're actually authentic. So I'm, I'm so glad. Like, in fact, when, um, we got connected, I stalked you and I was like, this is so cool. Like (laughs) I feel, I feel as if so many women would want to seek out a life coach or someone in like specifically for this topic. Um, but you don't really see that out there. So it's really cool that you're doing that. You've kind of like niched into that, um, that area. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it, you know, I, I work a lot with single women, especially, but you know, there are so many expectations beyond single and beyond, you know, getting married and, and all of that, uh, that there are so many different things that women face that we really need to be able to support each other on. And, yeah. you know, what I needed when I was single is somebody who was talking the way I talk now, which is the way I talk or the reason that I talk the way I do now and share so much, you know, we don't have to fix things for somebody else. You know, sometimes there is so much power in just listening yeah. to somebody else's experience and to see and realize, okay, not everything is a highlight reel on Instagram. And I am not the only one who feels this way. Mm -hmm. And again, you don't have to, I don't have to try and fix it for anybody. Just hearing unique stories helps you connect and accept your own a little more. And there's, that's so important. Totally. Well, before we get into all that, why don't you share a little bit about your story, kind of share um, your past and what you do now and how you got from there to here. Yeah. Well, you may have to shut me up because I, <laughs> I am, I do not tell a short story. So <laughs> there, there's a lot, it. there's a lot that has gotten to where I am now. I actually started out as a uh, sports anchor and reporter on TV. I did that for 16 years and, uh, absolutely loved it at the time was a huge, huge sports fan. I say that in past tense because I don't really care anymore now. Yeah, you're getting out of you're the burned out. <laughs> Yeah, totally burned out. And I have, I've seen too much, you know, it's one of those things where I, I, I just, the business was, uh, I, I tolerated it and accepted it because I didn't really know any better. And it was what I wanted so badly. And I was also, you know, 
in my twenties and early thirties and didn't quite know all the things that I, I now know at the ripe old age of 42, uh, which I'm sure, you know, in 10 years from now, I'll look back and be like, you thought you knew what you were yeah. doing at 42. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really, I not interested that much in sports and it was time to get out of the business. Um, when I, I really started to see just how much of an image I was trying to create of who I was. Mm. And, you know, TV has this, this perfect element to it. I, I always had to be on. I always had to, I couldn't make mistakes, especially being a woman in sports. If you made a mistake, it wasn't just a mistake. It was, oh, you don't know anything about what you're Yeah. It's about. because you're a female. Exactly. I exactly. imagine that industry is so difficult for females. So hard so hard and, you know, rewarding in a lot of ways too, when you have success, but at the end of the day, I was tired of it. It like the rewards weren't enough anymore. I, mm. it, it just, it is a, it is a business that no longer worked for me. So I did the, I, I made the choice to get out of it. Um, because it wasn't just, I have to be perfect sportscaster, Laura. I always had this, had this feeling like I had to be perfect Laura in general, mm. you know, and I, my personal side of things in my story, I was single. I was single, single, single. <laughs> I, I did not, I met my husband when I was 35 and a half. And I say the half, because when you get to a certain age that you're like counting everything and you don't have the things you think you should have that yes. half a year matters. <laughs> so Every month counts. It does. <laughs> yes, Especially it in does. your thirties. I feel like once I got to my thirties and started trying to have kids, even I was yeah. like, every month counts and totally does. And there's, I wish more people like you shared their story, be like, it's, you have time. Like it's, yeah, you're going to be okay. So I'm yes. really glad. Yes. Yeah. So, and at 35 and a half, not only was I still single, but I had never had a boyfriend. I'd never been in a relationship. Wow. And so I was so embarrassed by that. I was, it was, it was my like biggest secret. I, I lived in fear that people were going to find out and that they would then judge me because let's be honest, as a society, we tend to judge people on their relationship status to an completely unfair degree. Right. And so I like the last thing, like my worst nightmare was that people would find out my viewers would find out that I not only was single, but I had never had a boyfriend. And then they would think, well, what's wrong with her? Because mm. I was already asking myself that question regularly. What's right. wrong with me? Oh, why, that, why tough. doesn't anyone want to be with me? You know, cause I dated just yeah. nothing was ever, nothing ever went past three or four dates. And so instead of understanding it just, well, I just hadn't met him yet. I just was unlucky in my timing up to that point. I just hadn't met him. Instead, I told myself, okay, well, it's your, you have to be doing something wrong. Everyone else around you, it seems is in happy relationships, how happy they actually are, who knows, exactly. but they're in relationships. And so, you know, I was, I was just trying so hard to be this perfect version of myself and it was exhausting. Yeah. Absolutely exhausting. So I, I had already met my husband at this point and we were, um, we had just gotten engaged when I left the business. So I, I was just ready for a change. And to be perfectly honest, I was tired of talking to men about mm. sports, which is based, I mean, that's women care about sports too, but the, the predominant audience that I spoke to was men. And I was really tired of talking to men about that's things fair. that, that really didn't matter to me anymore. 
Uh, and so after I got out of TV, I had no idea what to do. I, I had, I had some ideas, but not really. And you think, you know, oh, I'm going to figure this all out. I'm going to, I was like, I can be, I'm going to be a fashion influencer and a fashion blogger. And I love fashion. And yeah, it's, it's all of it's harder than you think there are people kicking ass out there doing that. Yeah. I was not one of them. And I realized quickly, it was just not, it was not going to be for me. Um, but what I did find was that I started because I think because I was out of TV and I kind of was able to let that kind of curtain drop. Mm. I suddenly felt more comfortable talking to people about what my experiences had been. And I remember my husband had just started a new job. And so he had some new coworkers and they were some women in their like late twenties and, uh, meeting them for the first time as he was getting to know his team. And I would, you know, come hang out occasionally, uh, started talking to these women and, I told them my experiences. We were in the middle. We were a few months away from our wedding. Uh, they wanted to know all about that. Then they wanted to know how we met and they wanted to know everything about, you know, what my experiences were. I was in New York city at the time, you know, being single in New York. And I just started telling them like, honestly, for the first time, yeah, I never had a boy. Mark is my, was my first boyfriend and just seeing them, their eyes be like, Oh, wow. Somebody's talking to us. Like who we don't even really know her that well. And she's just telling us what actually happened. And one of them said to me, you have to write a book. And I was like, who wants to read that book? Like, honestly, I'm not that excited. Who wants to read that book? But it got me thinking, okay, wait a minute. Maybe there is something there. Yes. Maybe there's something to this whole thing of being honest, being open about what we've actually been through. And so I started on my, on my fashion blog, uh, I started a series that had nothing to do with fashion. I decided I was going to start talking about my experiences when I was single. And the very first post in that series, I admitted that I had never had a boyfriend until Mark. Mm -hmm. And I remember hitting publish on that. And I mean, I had very, very small audience at that time. So it wasn't like thousands and thousands of people were going to be reading it, but I knew someone was. And yeah. also once it goes on the internet, like it's on the internet forever. Uh, I hit publish and was like, okay, your biggest secret, you just put out there. Mm. And I never got responses to things that I, I posted like no comments. Like usually I was like, is anyone besides me and my mom reading this? I'm not sure, but you know, maybe by the That's end sometimes of that, how I feel about this podcast. I'm like, yeah. is my mom, the only listener. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not. I can tell you that. Um, but, uh, by the end of that day, I had three emails. And for me, that was huge to have three women, different women reach out to me. Uh, one, I casually kind of knew from, from years ago, the other two, I did not know at all. And all three of them said the exact same thing. Thank you so much. Mm. I have never been in a relationship and I always have felt like I'm the only one. And they all ranged in ages in their thirties, you know, early thirties, yeah. mid thirties, late thirties. And they're just like, thank you. I, th I really, truly thought I was the only one. And to be honest with you, I still, I think even when I hit publish on that, I still felt like I still, I have to be the only one who's yeah. experienced this and I am not. Yeah, you're all. not. And, and so you know what, if that email or that, um, blog post had only reached one woman, like it yes. would have been worth it. Exactly. Sure that someone yes. felt less alone. That's what I needed. You know, that is what I needed because I really struggled when I was single and all I needed, I didn't need somebody to try and fix me. I didn't need a dating coach. I didn't need dating advice. I, I just, I needed someone to say, it's okay. There yeah. is 
nothing wrong with you. This is just your path. I can't explain to you why it's happening this way, but it is. And it's, it's yours. Mm -hmm. It is yours and it does not have to look like anybody else's. Um, so with that, with that series, it kind of then just led into what I, what I really started to realize I actually want to talk about and how I actually want to work with women. And, uh, about a year and a half later is when I launched the life actually company, uh, life then came at me at that point. We, that this was 2019. So it'll be three years ago in July that we actually launched the company. And I would say that it's only been in the last year or so that it has actually started to build Mm -hmm. (laughs) as as a business because, uh, the day after our launch party, we found out my, my father-in-law who's in England, uh, my husband's from England, um, that he was, he had been diagnosed with cancer right after our wedding. My father was diagnosed with cancer four weeks after he was, uh, my father-in-law ended up passing away a few days after we launched my company. On the day of his funeral, we found out my dad's cancer was terminal. He would pass away a few months later. So, you know, I, I I say this not for sympathy, but just to illustrate that even when you think you get that thing that you don't have, that you, that everything will be good. Like I told myself, once you're not single anymore, everything's fine. That's when life starts. You get to that point and you're going to be happy and you're going to be good. Life just keeps coming at you always. It never stops. It never stops. It never stops. And so after we lost both of our dads, I had to decide, you know, how do I want this company to go? How much time, you know, I had totally put it aside so that I could focus on our families. And I don't regret that at all. I'm so grateful that I had those, those last months, especially Mm -hmm. with my father. And then we began an IVF journey. Um, and that, did not go the way we expected either. My husband has a a pretty rare genetic condition. So we had to do IVF in order to be able to test the embryos to make sure we had one that was healthy. Uh, And I thought that was going to be our only challenge. Mm. I'm 40 at the time as we were doing this. And uh, it turns out that my eggs were not quite as, as healthy as I had thought that they would be. Mm. Uh, We ended up doing four rounds. The first three didn't have a single embryo that was healthy. The fourth, we finally had one. Uh, and that was a year ago, actually a year ago today, as we're recording, this is the day we transferred that embryo. Oh my gosh. I have chills. Yeah. And now she's a, a 14 week old little baby girl. So wow. it's, it's, but that, that experience was a roller coaster. and now yeah. motherhood, this thing that I wanted so badly, which is also so hard and brings yeah. about so many emotions and feelings and judgments that you have on yourself because what do you see when you open up Instagram? You see happy moms who are telling you how amazing it is oh, and yeah, life yeah. changing. And I've never felt this kind of love ever in my life. I didn't feel that right away. Like, yeah. And you're like, me, I want to throw time. my baby across the room. Yes. Please <laughs> let me sleep. Why do you keep coming to me for milk what? every two hours? Like, oh my God. It, yeah. It's hard. So yeah. just continuing to just tell it like it is, at least for me, tell, tell my own story. And, uh, you know, everything that keeps happening just keeps further reminding me why I'm doing this because every new step that I get to is not the way I expected, or I feel ways that I always thought maybe I I shouldn't. And, uh, that's why we need to keep talking. So, so that's my long-winded answer to that question. (laughs) I love it. I mean, 
I really love the details that you actually put into sharing your story because I like the word that comes to my mind when I think about what you just shared is like refreshing. Mm -hmm. I I just feel like women are listening to this and probably feeling like they can take a deep breath or like they can exhale like, oh, not just me, you know? And I don't know what you believe, but I believe in God. And I just feel like God is like writing these different little pieces of your journey, like even the IVF or your father passing, like, although difficult, like that's only going to like empower you to encourage someone else, you know, that's going to be a part of your journey that someone else will be able to connect with you on. And then you'll be able to create those new relationships. And the only way that that's going to continue to happen is if you keep sharing like that, you know? Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And that's, you know, you can, I'm not a religious person, but I I do believe in what you were talking about there and how things, I don't, I, I don't love the saying things happen for a reason, because I feel like that kind of takes you out of it. We have to make the most about what, of what happens and, and kind of deal with it and process it. But we will then tend to find out when we look back, like, okay, so that's why that happened. I yes. needed, I needed to go through all of this. I needed to have all of that happen. You know, even, even down to my birth, um, it did not in any way go according to plan. We were going to do a home birth. Uh, and that was, that was, that was the plan. We were all set. Everything was going great. Uh, I, my water broke. I thought I was going to have a baby about six hours later. Like every, everything was great. My doula and my midwife were like, this is going according to plan. You are progressing. It hurt like hell. And I thought I was going to die, but I was like, no, I'm doing this. This is great. And it turns out little did we know we would, we would end up finding out over 24 hours later that, uh, I had a 10 pound baby inside and my body refused to birth it. It just, it would not happen. We ended up in the hospital with a C-section. The last thing that I wanted, my absolute worst nightmare was a Mm C-section. And here we are 31 hours of labor later, 27 hours of that at home in active labor the entire time. And I end up getting wheeled into, uh, to the operating room and it was devastating. And I, you know, I was crying and my husband and I, we knew it was the decision we had to make because the baby's heart rate at this point, Mm. she, it had been 31 hours of her being lodged in the birth canal Yeah, and she just couldn't take it anymore. And I couldn't take it anymore. And we knew it was what we had to do. It was the only option. And as they were taking me away out of the room and into the operating room, I said to my husband and my doula who were standing there, I was like, well, this is so on brand for me. (laughs) (laughs) So on brand. And my doula, who is absolutely amazing and incredible, uh, Rebecca Duncan here in the Bay Area, just unbelievable. Uh, We talked a lot about it later. And she had gone through many miscarriages before having her own children. And she told me that because of that, she is a better doula. She is a better, she's better equipped to work with women and to help them because she knows what it's like when things don't go the way you Mm -hmm. expect and the empathy that you have when you've been through it. And so she's like, this is what you needed to go through so that you can connect with even more women on even more levels when it comes to things not going the way we expected. Because we, I mean, I love, I love for women who have incredible, amazing, easy, the way they expected birth stories. That is so fabulous. And I, I, I'm jealous, uh, but that's awesome. 
but there are so many women who do not get that. And there's this idea that as long as you come out of it with a happy, healthy baby and you are healthy, that it's a success and you can't have any feelings of trauma about it is BS. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Totally. And we don't talk, we don't, but we don't talk about it. And I had so much guilt because here I have this healthy, beautiful little girl. And I was just, I was traumatized in a way for it not going the way I expected. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I had to, I had to grieve. I had to mourn the the birth that I thought I was going to have. And I had to be able to acknowledge that, that that was what I was going through. And that's been the way so many things have been in my life. I had to be able to mourn and grieve not being married when I thought I should have been and, mm-hmm. and, and acknowledge that things had not gone the way I wanted. And I can't just say, oh, you just have to be positive and move on. Right. I had to be able to give myself that space to grieve the things that I didn't have when I didn't have them. And, you know, again, same thing with, with the IVF and, and all of that. I had, I had to try to stay positive, but we can't be positive all the time. It just doesn't have, doesn't work that way. And you yeah. have to be able to, to process and deal with the negative and difficult emotions in order to get back to the positive. So, yeah, so that's, that's just been such a theme. And I think it's just so important. My daughter's middle name is grace for uh, a reason. I, well, I love it. Her name's Mari grace and we loved how it went together, but mm. I am such a big proponent of giving ourselves grace yeah, and giving ourselves the space that we need in order to deal with life and deal with what we're going through. We don't have to power through everything. We should. And there's often this, um, I guess, expectation that you hustle, you have grit, you, you grind through things, even pain. And I think that really does, well, it does really take away from the validity of feeling something and your feelings are valid, whether they're right or wrong in a moment, you feeling something matters and you need to feel it in order to process it. I, we had two miscarriages before our baby and I still have moments where I'll feel sad about those two babies, knowing full well that I would have not gotten this baby without those two babies. And I'm obsessed with my baby, but (laughs) still, I'm still, I can still grieve that and I can still feel that. And I think although our stories are different, there's a lot of parallels. And I think that that's like what brings women together is the parallels between our stories. Mm -hmm. Like I, I mean, I grew up in the South, so you are, most people got married between like 22 and 25 Mm -hmm. and here I am almost 30 and I'm not married and I, all my friends are, and I'm comparing myself to that. And so there's that. And then there's the quitting a job and just launching a business and then it not taking off right away. (laughs) Been there. And you're like, wait a minute. Like I was chasing my dreams. I I thought like I was supposed to like, everything was supposed to fall into place. And, um, yeah, there's just so many parallels. And I think the biggest parallel is that you cannot plan for life. Mm -hmm. Life throws curveballs, and there's purpose in the pain. There's a lesson in the loss. There's all those cliche things. I'm with you. I don't believe everything happens for a reason either. I think that's kind of a cheesy saying, but I do Mm -hmm. believe we can learn and from like the hindsight. Yes. Um, and that there's purpose in it if we use it the right way. But one of the best pieces of advice that our friends gave us when we were engaged was drop your expectations. And I, I have taken that or tried to, I'm not perfect. Tried Mm -hmm. to take that into like everything in life, including 
especially motherhood. I was like, and I'm really curious to hear where you're at right now because you have a three-month-old and I'm a little bit out of that fog, but I prayed so hard for this baby. We experienced so much grief to get this baby. And then I had this baby and I was, I had postpartum depression. Like Uh I was depressed. I was like, I'm so, all these moms are like loving their life right now. Like they're breastfeeding and feeling joy and feeling all these like beautiful emotions. And I just want to share that. Like, I'm really miserable, you know, Mm -hmm. like I love my Mm -hmm. baby, but I'm miserable. And then there's guilt associated with like, if I share that, then they're going to think that I don't appreciate exactly where, but it's really, what really happened was I had set expectations based off comparing my life to others. Like I had set the expectation that I was going to love breastfeeding, that I was going to have an all natural birth, that I was going to do all this, like, and I was going to enjoy it. And I was going, and I didn't. And so if you don't set those types of expectations, and that doesn't mean don't set goals, don't set dream, don't have dreams, like don't, you know, manifest or whatever you want to call it. But if you drop the expectation that this is how life has to go, then you're more open to experiencing what actually is your story. Yes. That's so huge. And, and, and you know what, none of us are perfect and we're, we're going to have expectations. We're going to have things that come up that don't work and just not killing ourselves over it and beating ourselves up. But I, oh my gosh, I thought so many times, especially in those first two weeks, the first two weeks are, uh, after having a baby are, I I don't even know what the word is for it. Um, hard doesn't describe it. And I remember before I had the baby, when people would say that to me, I was kind of like, stop trying to scare me. Stop, stop. I I don't like, whatever. We're just going to deal with it. We're going to get through. It's going to be fine. And that's not, like, it's not a scare thing. Like, I'm not saying that it, it is a hard, like I've never yeah. experienced or could have prepared myself for. And there were so many times this is, this was a baby that we say, you know, same thing we wanted so badly. I finally at 42 had this child that I had been hoping for my entire life that we had gone through four rounds of terribly invasive hormone riddled IVF. Yeah. We have her. She is so healthy. Um, she's beautiful. She is, she was, she wasn't even a difficult baby in terms of, you know, like they can, some, some of them just cry around the clock. She was so, she was really good. And all I wanted was for her to be back inside of me. Yeah. I, I kept thinking over and over again, I just want to be pregnant again, where I have the excitement that I'm going to be a mom, that Mm. this baby is here, but she's, she doesn't cry. I get yes. to sleep. Yes. Um, n- my life has not changed. And, you know, I had a C-section, so that was not a recovery I was expecting. I was so prepared for a vaginal birth recovery. So yeah. prepared. I was scared of it, but I was so prepared. A C-section is completely different. And I couldn't even pick up my baby for the first week. Mm. You know, my husband had to hand her to me every single time I, I held her. And so that was not what I expected. I also basically was in bed for two weeks as our bedroom is upstairs and I going up and downstairs was brutal for me for those mm. first couple of weeks. So I basically was in our bed for two weeks as a milk factory, yep. a burp 
machine and just, just trying, like I, the only good thing is I never changed a diaper in those first few weeks. My husband did all of that. Uh, (laughs) shout out to Mark. Um, but when you are in that world, you, you know, rationally it's temporary. You know, it, that you, she is not going to be one week old for the rest of her life. You know, it is temporary, but when it is your entire life, it feels so permanent Mm -hmm. and it feels so overwhelmingly depressing. Yeah. What has my life, like, I just kept saying, thinking, and I didn't say it out loud. My husband and I would talk about it a little bit, but I had these dialogues in my head because I was too afraid to say them out loud about what it would mean what kind of a terrible mother I was to be saying these, but mm-hmm. I kept thinking, what have we done? Yeah. Yeah. We Did we just make, a, we had a, a lovely life. Mm-hmm. Everything. It was a really nice life. What have we done? And it gets better. And you realize that it is temporary and, and, you know, even now three months in, it's so much easier, but it's still hard. Mm-hmm. And I know that this too is temporary. And we'll move into a little bit easier, but then it's going to get harder in other ways, but everything is temporary. I think that is, and that's something I had to really go back on. Cause that's something I, I say to the women I work with all the time when they're really, really struggling with certain things, this is temporary. Yes. What you are feeling, we need to, we need to focus on how you're feeling and we need to deal with it and process it and, and really kind of take it all in, mm-hmm. but it's temporary. Yeah. You are not going to feel like this for the rest of your life. And yep. so just knowing that kind of helps or reminding yourself of that kind of helps you. Okay. Take a deep breath. I can sit back. This is really hard right now, but I, I, I have to have faith that this is not going to be how it is for the totally. rest of life. My neck is going to be sore tomorrow because I just kept nodding the <laughs> whole time. Everything you said, I was like, mm-hmm, 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 because it is so true. And when you're in the whether it's a newborn baby or just any other hard season of life, when you are in the thick of it, you cannot imagine a way out. And that is totally normal. And you are not alone. And then there's always someone on the other side that's been there. And I think that's why it's so important to, if you've been, if you're on the other side to share your side, because that makes another woman feel less alone. And even you saying your story now, and although I did not go through IVF, I did not have a C-section. I am nodding because so many of the feelings that you Mm -hmm. felt, I felt in different ways, you know? And so there are so many women listening to this right now who are nodding. And I just encourage you, if you are in the thick of whatever that hard season is, it will get better, but it's okay. If it just sucks right now, Yeah, you know, like yeah. it's okay to say this sucks. Yes. And you know, what's interesting. I had being 42 and having my first child, obviously most of my friends had had were are already moms. And I realized just how little I ever helped them when yeah. they went through all of it. Cause I had no clue. I had Same absolutely thing. no clue, but I also realized just how little we actually talk about these things because when I was going through it and I did have friends reach out, like, how are you doing? I was honest. I'm like, I'm not okay. Like this mm-hmm. is hard. And all of them were like, uh-huh. Yep. I know. I know. I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you warn me? <laughs> why, why is no one talking about this? I yeah. mean, we can go back to pregnancy. I got hemorrhoids during pregnancy. Me too. Nobody told me that was going to happen. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm probably going to have, I need 
it's, we're only three months out and this is all I'm sure TMI, but at the same time, I feel like we do need to talk about these. I'm probably going to have to have to have a procedure to actually fix them. And that's totally normal. Who knew? Not me. Instead, I'm like, okay, there's something totally wrong with me that I have. I, I can't have hemorrhoids. Like you don't, I you don't have that. Yeah. No, every, so many people do, but again, I had them too. I talk. had UTIs, yeast infections, mm-hmm. all the things down there. And you're like, I am an animal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I am full of like grossness down oh there. My like, God, so all true. sexy gone. <laughs> yes. And I didn't even think I was sexy before. So it's like <laughs> any little bit we had out the window, <laughs> out the window. Yeah. And if it had more people told me that, but again, like you don't know what you don't know as yeah. well. And there is kind of a beauty and like going into things a little unaware because then you're just like, okay, well I have to do it. True. And almost like if you over-prepare, like if you had over-prepared for something, then what actually happens yeah, is not what you prepared for. So there so is true. some beauty in that, but I do believe as women, like we need to share, we need to share more yes. for sure. And yes. like what you're doing, like just that word actually is so perfect for your business. And I know that's why you picked it as your brand, but like, this is actually what it's yes. like is so real. Like we need to share what it's actually like. Yeah. Yeah. And to not be ashamed of it. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, you've said it a few times, our stories are not identical and nobody has an identical story. You know, we can all be going through totally different things, but there are still so many common feelings, so Mm -hmm. many common shared experiences that, you know, might not look at all like someone else's, but you can still connect on, on a, on a deeper level because we're actually, and it's also, it's changed the way I post on social media. It has totally changed all of that. Like I, I'm, I love that people, people get to do whatever they want to do. They get to post however they want to, but honestly, I am, I don't need to see anymore. My baby is absolutely amazing. Here's her perfect nursery. And we picked out (laughs) this and that, and the other, I don't want to see any more of that. I, I, it's not, it's not reality for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's reality for a lot of other people. And so I, you know, let, let's, let's be honest. I let's just, my baby doesn't even have a nursery. She lives in our bedroom and <laughs> you know, like we don't, I don't have the cute pictures of the cute, adorable, like, no, I don't, but she's happy. <laughs> she's absolutely fine. She doesn't need her own room right now. And, uh, you know, yeah, uh, just, yeah. Cause it, it is, it is absolutely exhausting to be seeing these highlights that you, you just yeah. don't just does not look like your own reality. And that is the beauty of that mute button on Instagram. Am I right? Right. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. So true. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's really important to both celebrate good things and also express hard things because yeah. that's just life. You know, yeah. life's not, never going to stop throwing both good and bad at you. And just when you think it's all good, something hard's going to come just around the corner. Totally. And I'm just so refreshed by your vulnerability and you sharing everything. Like I want to hear more, like I want to connect again, but we are obviously running out of time, but I'm like so refreshed by your story. (laughs) So seriously, thank you. Oh, thank um, you for I, having I, me. I love, I love having conversations like this. Thank you. Thank you yes. for, for having, having this one with me. <laughs> Absolutely. I have four questions I ask every guest. So if you have some time, I want to yeah. wrap up with that. And then, Absolutely. um, we'll let our listeners know where they can find you and connect with you in the future. Um, first question is what is something that you are currently obsessed with? Mm, what am I currently obsessed with? 
Uh, well, this will show you the stage in life that I am currently in. I am obsessed with the snoo. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that I was is... so jealous of every, speaking of jealousy, any mom yeah. who had a snoo, I was like, dang. Well, and I only have a snoo because my, my, one of my very, very good friends, she took one for the team. And I say team because she has now spread out the, the good, the good stuff to so many of her friends. She bought it when she had her second child two years ago, and it's just been passed along from friend to friend. So I think I'm the fourth person now who's gotten this new. She's already lined up the next person. So as soon as we're done, she's coming to pick it up. Uh, that thing is, and I, it, all babies are different. I, I do know I have some, some friends like my, my nephew hated it. He got, he only got angry the more it tried to soothe him. Uh, and my daughter, she's not like, like, I know some babies, it just conks them out and it's amazing. My daughter's kind of in the middle, but we love it because yeah. it's at this point, it's doing what we need it to do. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we are, we love the snoo because it, it helps her sleep kind of a ridiculous amount for a three month old. We're incredibly lucky in that area. So yeah, I'm a bit obsessed with the snoo right now. <laughs> Yes. And it's so aesthetically pleasing. Like it's pretty. It looks nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not all bassinets are aesthetic. Ours was pleasing. hideous, hideous <laughs> and so chunky and heavy. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. I, we literally switched him to the crib at like seven weeks mm-hmm. because I was like, I, this thing is oh, so ugly. And, like, <laughs> and we have like a really, like our rooms were right next to each other. So it wasn't a big deal. But I was like, yeah. Oh, that snow is so good. So I get that. Um, okay. Especially next question. when you don't pay for it. Exactly. <laughs> that is a good friend. That's like oh, having a friend. It's like having a friend with a boat. Like you I, never yeah, want to buy exactly. a boat, but you yes. want to have a friend with a boat exactly. so that you can go on a boat. I the get it. Snoo is the boat of newborn care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Next question is what is something that you're looking forward to in 2022? Ah, let's see, you know, and this falls into everything that we've been talking about. I had all these ideas about how I was going to come back from having a baby. Uh, I had her in December. I was like, ah, I'll be back in February. I'll be back working. I'll have my podcast back up in February. Mm -hmm. No, uh, I, I need more time. Um, so all of these plans that I kind of thought I had, I'm now reassessing and Trust me, even though I work with women on this all the time, I still have to work with it on myself. Yeah. I am judging myself constantly. Um, I judge myself for not getting right back into work. And when I do occasionally do some, cause I'm kind of w- we wading back in to, to the working waters. And when I do, then I feel terribly guilty that I'm not with mm-hmm. her, which I think every mom can understand mm-hmm. and relate to, to a certain extent. Um, so what I, I'm really trying to not set expectations on myself for how this year is going to go. So what I am very much looking forward to because my daughter was born at the end of December, one calendar year is basically, you know, it's a, she'll be a year at the end of, uh, at the end of 2022. So I'm very excited just to see what happens next. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not only to watch her grow and see what happens, but for myself too, I'm excited to see what it's like to be a mom for me and how I'm going to make this work personally for myself, because it's not going to look like anybody else's and it shouldn't, it has to look like how you want it to. So I'm really, I'm really excited to see how, how this is going to go. And I, you know, I've not like when you get to a year old, then it's all easy after that. But I do feel like once I, once she's a year, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I have a small idea of what I'm doing. You, you will. 
I mean, every month has a new kind of hard, but I now can confidently say seven months in. So I'm what, four months ahead of you. I'm obsessed with it, with, yeah, with it now. And those first four months, I was like, I don't want to be a mom anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, but now I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, I can't imagine. And of course there's moments that are really hard. Like right now he's just like, I don't want to eat. And you're like, okay, well, that's like something you have to do. And that's really yeah. annoying. Um, but still like you get a little, I think it gets better because you get a little bit of yourself back mm-hmm. and also you get to build on that self. And like, you're just so much stronger and such a yeah. more resilient person. And you you finally start to see that yeah. where the first four months you're so fogged up. You're like, you feel so weak, even though you're doing all the hard things and you're so strong. It's like, you don't feel that strength nope. or identity as, as a mom yet, Yeah, but it does get better. Okay. Really- all right. I'm excited. And I that. hated when people said that, but it does. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like F weird, you, like-, like I'm in the thick of it and totally. I don't want- Yeah. We want people to be honest with us and all that, but it, yeah, I hate that too. Like when I was in the two, though, especially those first two weeks and everyone's like, it's going to get better. I promise you. I was like, screw you. Yeah. Please, please stop talking. Stop it. Go, go away back to your perfect, happy life. I'm going to live here in my bed where I don't get to leave and just deal with it. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. My third question is what is something that you really love about yourself? Um, my, I, I think one of the things I am most grateful for and that I do very much love about myself is the empathy that I have. Yeah. And I think it's because of everything that I have been through and because I'm no longer embarrassed or ashamed of the mm. things that I've gone through that I can, I I'm, and don't get me wrong. Like I said, I am not perfect. I still struggle. There are still, there are still days where I'm like, wouldn't it be a whole lot easier if this weren't happening or why is this happening yeah. or, but to be able to talk about it, to be able to share it with other women, to be able to connect on a deeper level with other women, because I can understand and I talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I, I feel like my empathy is one of my greatest strengths. Totally. I mean, you've built an entire brand around it. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, okay. Last question is what is something if you could leave our listeners, which is women and maybe my husband sometimes with one little like nugget of wisdom to land on, like I, I kind of like to say like a post-it note to put on your mirror, mm-hmm. like what is something that you would leave them with? You do not need to be fixed. Mm. You are not broken. There is nothing about you that has to change. There are so many people out there who are trying to sell you on ways to improve your life. Mm -hmm. And it all centers around the things you're doing wrong and what you should be doing instead. All of these rules that are out there, you're not broken. Yeah. Nothing about you needs to be fixed. Things might not be happening the way you expect them to, but it's not because you're doing something wrong. That's so good. You do not need to be fixed. That's going on a post-it note on my computer <laughs> today. I have loved, seriously loved this conversation. It's, you know, there's like some, some guests where you just kind of feel like a soul connection. And I really feel that like, I feel yeah. really connected and that's always so refreshing. Um, where can our listeners connect with you? 
Yeah. Well, I am still, as we're taping this, uh, technically on maternity leave, so I'm not posting as much as normal, but you can find me always on Instagram. Uh, I, I will get back to doing that on a regular basis at some point, but again, I'm keeping my expectations manageable at this point, but I'm a Laura B Banky. The last name is B E H N K E. Uh, so there, there I'm on Instagram there. You can always send me a DM. I, I check all those all the time. Uh, you can check out my website, laurabanky.com. That's also where you can find out more information about working together. If you're interested, I, I am a coach. Um, and I, I love to be able to help women through the expectations that they may not have met that they think that they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, those two places are definitely where you can find me. Also my podcast, the life actually podcast, which is, a uh, just women telling their stories, just different conversations with a different woman about her unique story and where she's been and, and how she's gotten to where she is now. Uh, that's the life actually podcast. And we're on a hiatus right now, again, with the, the maternity leave, but there's As a lot of great be. episodes. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of great episodes out there and you can find that wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. So if you listen to this podcast, then you'll love hers because it's women sharing stories and yeah. breaking through breaking through in life. So yes. you're going to love it. Um, I will link all that in the show notes to listeners so that you can have an easy way to get there and follow Laura, but thank you so much for being on the heart and soul podcast. I, um, cannot wait to connect in the future. Definitely. Catherine, this has been wonderful. Thank you. Yes. All right, listeners. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Whoa.